Hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. I trust you had a great weekend. It was a long weekend. It was kind of a, a lazy weekend. You know, I did one of my traditional things uh, over the 4th of July weekend. It was the 160th anniversary uh, uh, of the Battle of Gettysburg, which is something I have followed for, for a long, long time. I've been there numerous times. And so I always watch the movie. And I have the extended oh, okay. the extended release. It's a four-hour movie. It's a, it's a long movie. But they do such a good job explaining the battle and the different things that happened. Not everything, uh, because it would yeah. have been a 10-hour movie, you know? But they, the key points of, of the Battle of Gettysburg, people don't realize how important that battle was and how many people died. You know, I said to somebody, it was hell on earth for those three days on that battlefield. When you go there now, it's like this pristine paradise kind of place. It's a beautiful park. And it's hard to imagine that so much tragedy happened on this battlefield, you know? You know, actually, when you look back at history, and maybe it's just my interpretation, but I look at that battle and I look at a lot of things where we fought mm-hmm. to shape and carve out this country, uh, even though we didn't have the modern technology that we had in even World War One and World War II, um, that was probably, in my opinion, one of the most gruesome, bloodiest things that we've ever oh, done. Oh, awful. You know, and... Um, do you know how many people, know- do you know how many casualties there were in those three days? 53,000 in yeah. in all the Vietnam War I think it was like 49,000 uh, maybe 50,000 53,000 in 3 days I mean the battlefield you could walk in the wheat field which is a big big field that's why they called it the wheat field they grew wheat there but in the wheat field which was a battle in the battle right you literally, mm-hmm. at the end of the battle, they said you could walk from one end of the field to the other without touching the ground, meaning you'd be walking, walking on bodies. bodies. Yep. Yeah. Now, I, I sit there and I look at that, and I compare what we were fighting for back then. And now what we're fighting for, and, and I almost believe that we're about that pivotal point in time to mm-hmm. where we are going to see another time in history and I don't want to be the nattering nabob of negativism, but I'm sorry. You know, if you pay attention to the news, and sometimes it's subdued, hmm. we are really on the cusp of of uh, annihilation and anarchy again. Just like back then, we were. We are we're knocking on the door of another brutal, bloody time in history. Do you know, Bill? A lot of people think that. Uh... There's a certain deep state element in our country that wants us to go to war. I mean, oh, wants, I us, wants us to have a civil war. They, they like us to be in war in other countries. Don't get me wrong. That's why I think we, we're so involved uh, in the Ukraine, where we don't really have any business being there. But we're sending all of this uh, equipment there, and a lot of our money that should be spent in our country is going to the Ukraine in the, in the form of bombs and tanks and and mm-hmm. troop carriers and things like that. But a lot of people think that that same element would, would, wouldn't mind us having a civil war. You know, some people think that they've, they've allowed the border to go to hell because they want what's happening in France to happen here. They say that in mm-hmm. France what's going on is a result of their open borders policy, and they've, right. they've let millions of um, illegals into their country because they, well, they needed a place to go, so they let them into France, right? And the government encouraged it. Now, those same people are fighting on the street. They're burning buildings down. They're tearing the country apart. Big battles in Marseille, which is down in the Mediterranean, and places like uh, Paris. Paris is burning. There was a book about the Nazi occupation called Paris is Burning. Well, it's burning again right now. And do you know when mm-hmm. the city was burning, the president of France, Macron, that useless waste of space, was mm-hmm. at an Elton John concert. While the city was in crisis, while people were being injured and some killed, um, buildings were being burned, he was at an Elton John concert because that's what it means to him. Nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. So, and a lot of people think that 
you know, there's a lot going on in our in our government right now. You heard the big story. This is amazing. I can't believe we're even going to talk about it. All right, the big shoot. the big story. Well, it involved it involved this. Over the weekend, they found in they said initially the library. Yeah, those little uh, storage lockers there. Yeah. They found a bag of white powder, and then they said no, it wasn't in the library. It was in a storage compartment next to the Oval Office. That's yeah. what they supposedly found. And they said, well, first they had the hazmat team come into the White House, and the hazmat team took the powder and took it back for analysis, and they took it, and they said, it's, it's, it's uh, cocaine hydrochloride. I like mm. how they just make it. It's a scientific. It was cocaine, okay? And now, supposedly, that was the last test they've done. The Secret Service is refusing to fingerprint the package that the white substance was in. Now, Bill, if they found a package of white substance in your house, Mr. Knight, and you mm-hmm. said, I don't know how I got here. It's not mine. I bet you they'd take it back and they'd fingerprint that bag yeah, and see they, whether they, you yeah, did it. They'd, <laughs> yeah, they'd nail it to me because chances are if it's in my house, it was probably mine. That's right. You know? Yep. And I don't claim innocence, you know, and some people sit there and go, you shouldn't talk about your past, but hey. Back in the 80s, it was a part of my life, uh, and uh, I'm not going to go into all the doors. Hey, listen, all I can tell you is you're talking to Mr. Uh, Prim and Proper. And I, I probably credit my wife because I had— She I, kept you on the— She yeah, kept me on the straight the and narrow, and yeah, I, I knew better. Uh, so, Oh, I, trust me, Jim. If I knew you back in the 80s, you would have been a wild, crazy guy. No, uh, I would have straightened you out. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been on the straight and narrow too. But I know I know what you're saying. You know, it was very prevalent back at that time period. You were a young single guy. Uh you had hair and um I did then. Yes, I yes. did. I was hey, look, you know, I mean I was tall. Good looking guy, thin, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about Hung around looking, with but... all the bad people and uh you know Sure I did. But you know, I'm surprised you got through it okay. Because a lot of people that I know didn't who got got uh, caught up in that whole lifestyle. It really yeah. tore him apart. And uh, I think Hunter Biden, you know, he went to rehab. He's gone to all these different uh, facilities, and he, the family said, oh, he's, he's uh, a changed man. He's turned over a new leaf. You know, he's staying at the White House. He's staying at Daddy's house, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, if he, if, why is that? Well, I don't know, but let me ask you a question. Okay, so they found cocaine in the White House. Ah, it's Hunter's, you know, but they don't want to say, ah, it's Hunter's. But, you know, apparently it was a significant amount. So let's, because a bag of cocaine, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty hefty amount, you know, and anybody that's ever done it, they know what I'm talking about uh, in sizes of cocaine. I envision Al Pacino. With a big mound of white powdered substance on his desk, pretty in, much in Scarface. Yeah. Let me introduce you to my little friend as he pulls out his. <laughs> oh, hey, look! You know, well, cocaine used to be a prevalent thing in the United States. Uh, as a matter of fact, turn of the century, uh, the men when they'd go off to work in the farm or go out in their cattle drives, and the women they were out in the prairie. You know, they had their little their little thing with cocaine snuff. You know, oh, sure. boom! That's how you know they. They could put up with things. Addiction uh, to anything, whether it's cocaine, uh, uh, well, what they had. You know, heroin was a treatment. Yeah. The turn of the 20th century, heroin was medicinal. You could go to the pharmacy and get yourself a container of uh, heroin. Yeah, and you know what? Um, Probably a little intervention for somebody if they're listening. Uh, Sometimes people have depression, you know. They suffer. Everybody does. And sometimes you need medication for it, you know. And then when they're off their medication, um, they sit there and they hide uh, their problems. Well, you know, this alcohol will do me okay. And so they they have a little drink, they have a little drink, and before you know it, you've gone too far. And then you don't know what happened the next day. You know, if you got, there's nothing wrong with people having problems. Get help, you know. Get help is all I can mm-hmm. say. Well, you know, Rob Schmidt uh, did an introduction uh, on Monday uh, about mm-hmm. this story, 
And it was a classic introduction. This is Monday uh, Monday night at 7 o'clock on his program on Newsmax. And here's what he said. It appears that cocaine has been found at the White House. And it wouldn't be a thumping July 4th weekend without Hunter Biden ripping lines off of a bust of Teddy Roosevelt. A mysterious white powder was discovered in the West Wing on Sunday, prompting a hazardous materials call to the fire department. I wish I was making this up, but it's true. Newsmax can confirm the powder is presumed by the fire department to be cocaine. It was sent to a lab for further analysis. Hunter, I can tell you, was at the White House on Friday, leaving with his father for Camp David. Sadly, he may have forgotten his party favors, which is unfortunate. Imagine having to hang out with Joe Biden for four days sober. Now, that's a long weekend. <laughs> can, you imagine spend, you. can you imagine having to spend four days with Joe Biden over the weekend sober? He said, now that's a long weekend for you. By the way, oh. if you haven't watched Rob Schmidt on Newsmax, uh, do so. This guy is... Uh, the heir apparent, I think, to uh, Tucker's audience because he is just, uh, he's smart as a tack and uh, always on point. He doesn't drift around. You were saying, you know, you always, you, you, you always see Joe and he's, sometimes he's more slurred and mumbly than other times. And cocaine can do that to you. Apparently, he was asked about the cocaine in the White House over the weekend. <laughs> Walks away. <laughs> and, my question to you is, and I'm not accusing the man of anything, but he sure is protective of Hunter. And, you know, he's been a wild womanizer and crazy guy, too. Did Hunter maybe get his habit from Dad? Well, a lot of people think that uh, there are two people that probably had a, a use for that cocaine. Obviously, Hunter being the first, but... Then there's always uh, speculation that Joe might uh, be using it every so often to stimulate his, uh, you know, his mood, so he's not falling all over the microphone when he's, uh, you know, in front of a crowd. I mean, mm -hmm. yesterday, yesterday the guys on the stage at the at the Fourth uh, of July celebration, oh yeah, in Washington, yeah. and uh, I mean he was trying to get off the stage, right? And he, he got lost. Now he walks the wrong way, and he's lost. Where is he? I don't know, man. I want to say hi to him. Now he walks. Get me off the stage, you're afraid I'm going to try to sing, aren't you? Literally, he lot, was supposed to turn stage right and walk off. You know, he turned mm -hmm. stage left and he walked toward the drum set of the group that was going to appear, and he literally looked like, uh, what am I doing here? You know, mm -hmm. and the audience is laughing, and then he says, you know, he's trying to cover for himself, and, uh, you know, I mean, this is the guy who we have in the White House right now. You know, yeah. he's the guy who has the nuclear codes. I was watching, I don't know, you watch movies over the weekend? Um, no, I, I stayed away from the television, to be honest with you. I watched White House Down. I've seen it before. You probably have, too. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was scary enough. Terrorists take over the White House. And I'm thinking, you know, this was fantasy when this movie came out in, like, 2014. And mm -hmm. now there's, there's so much craziness happening in D.C. And, and around that area. You know, you, you don't know what to expect. It, would, it, would it surprise you someday? If you were to hear that uh, there was turmoil in the White House, I wouldn't anymore because no. it, we've gone beyond that, you know? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, what goes on in the White House, uh, we probably got a history of it. We just don't know uh, about a lot of things. But it's becoming more uh, you know, prevalent now that uh, what's going on. Yeah, and Joe, in, in one, you would think by now on stage left or stage right, which is when you're on stage, the opposite of, you know, that you learn that early on, whether you mm -hmm. do theater or you're doing stage work, you know the rule. And he should know that by now, even if his memory is gone, he should know that unless he's got dementia or some kind of substance problem or a combination of the above. Yeah. 
you know, he uh, he was obviously dazed and confused. He was asked about the cocaine, and he ignored it. Listen. Yeah. And he just walks off the stage. You know, there's no real pressure from the press to answer these questions. If it were Trump, they would follow him into the cloakroom, okay? I mean, they they are they were so nasty and aggressive. But they'll throw the question, the, almost the obligatory question about the cocaine, and he just ignores it and walks off the stage, and that's it. And this is, uh, and by the way, his wife was with him at this press conference. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, she why was there. Was, why was she on stage at the press conference unless she was there to help him off the stage? You know, no, well, apparently she didn't do her job right, you know, at a couple of uh, of those events. But, yeah, you know, he's a puppet. And that's all he is. I mean, he's, he's what, 80 years old? 80. Is he 80 or 81? He is, he's up there. Yes, you're right. He's... He's up there. They say he'll be 85 at the end of the next term, so he's probably 80. Look, not everybody ages the same, uh, but his his brain is fried, and you know I don't want to speculate why it is, but it's fried, and it's mm. the way it is. Uh, is he? You know, there was a poll out that uh, 31 percent of people have somewhat confidence in him. And we're talking Democrats, and sixty-nine mm-hmm. percent don't. So those are those are appalling poll numbers. I mean, Trump was dancing all over those numbers at uh, rallies, and as well he should, because Biden's got a problem. The Democrats have a problem. Well, we are um, we're not getting the answers we should be getting, and I do believe that there's certain elements in uh, in Washington like the Secret Service, that are actively trying to cover up for this guy. Uh, I mean, otherwise we would have fingerprints, uh, testings on these packages, and they're they're saying it was a hazardous sub. First, you know, they said it was found outside. They said it was found outside of the White House, and they stood by that for a while. And then I think the whistleblower, see, somebody had to leak this inside the White House to the press. Somebody Mm -hmm. had to want to to make sure this package was discovered. So somebody inside the White House had to say, hey, they found cocaine in the White House in the, near the Oval Office. And so the first, the Secret Service said, no, it was found outside. Then they had to admit, well, it was inside in the library. And then they had to, well, it was a little closer than the library. It was in like one of the supply rooms right next to the Oval Office. Yeah, which means the president had access to it. But see, you got to look back. How many times have stories changed and they lied and they lied and mm-hmm. they lied? But now I am sure that uh, they have a conspiracy panel that sits there and goes, okay, we got to spin this story. How do we spin it against the other side? Oh, that was left over from the Trump years. We never saw it. You know, yeah, right. they're going to find a way to put it either somebody planted it or this or that. Uh, well, you know, there's a, there's a bigger question here, Bill. Mm-hmm. If they can get white powdered substance, illegal white powdered substances into yeah, the White House, what happened to security exactly? And if they can get, if they can get that white powdered substance in the White House, what about that ammonium nitrate that's missing from, uh, couldn't they get a package of ammonium nitrate or something like that explosive and put it in the White House? Well, you know, what about that? But let's let's go back a little bit in time. You know, they're talking security, 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 and this administration has none. And then they're talking about January 6th and all of this stuff. Um, and the person that I know that was in charge of that, what was her name? Um, Pelosi? Oh, well, she was in charge of the Capitol, the Capitol security. Yeah, she was not in charge of the White House, but she was in charge of the Same Capitol thing, building. Same thing, no? I mean, you know, well, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. You know, these stories are all connected, and it's lie after lie after lie after lie. And if you follow the trail back to January 6th, mm-hmm. you know, do you really want to believe, oh, it was an insurrection? Well, obviously, I don't think it was. You know, and Trump made the point, how many people have you seen before and since the election wearing a Biden hat? hat? Oh, I know. I, I, very few. I never saw Biden flags. I know. And 
I drove through, you know, Republican strongholds, and I drove through Democratic strongholds. Yeah, I maybe maybe saw two Biden flags ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, well, we're we're quiet people. We show up at the polls. Bull crap. Yeah. You know, and you're so vocal now, but you weren't vocal back then. Something, something don't fit. But you know, I haven't heard one person who's talking about this cocaine in the White House talk about the security breach. Not one person. I've heard all these talk shows talking about the cocaine and Hunter and stuff. But the mere fact that someone was able to get an illicit powdered substance literally to within feet of the President of the United States in the most secure house in the country says volumes about how insecure that house is. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, you've got to get it through the gate coming into the, you know, seriously. you got to get it through the front gate. you got it in a car. Somehow you got to get it by the guards at the gate. you got to get it probably by the guards at the front door. You know, they have Marines and other people standing at the front door. you got to get it by certain things. Oh, and also, in that house, I guarantee you they have a camera covering every angle of every single room in the White House. They oh, could find yeah. out who's they could find out probably in the snap of a finger who did that cocaine belong to. They could find out quickly, but they're not doing it. Or they know yeah. and they don't want us to know. Well, there's a lot of people, you know, if there was cocaine found in the White House, there are a lot of people involved in the trail of that cocaine getting from point A to mm-hmm. point B. Oh, they're my cool friends in the White House. Well, your cool friends, they will rat on you like a rat running off a sinking ship when mm-hmm. trouble points their way. So this story is, you're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. You know, that cocaine is going to rat out a lot what? of people and could go right up to the big guy. How arrogant for someone to think that they can go into one of the most sacred pieces of property in our, in our country and defile the place by by you know bringing drugs and, and mm-hmm. other paraphernalia into the White House. I was thinking, can you imagine, I mean, at the front door, there are two Marines, at, I guess at every, right. every entrance to the White House, and they stand there at, at attention, and they it's not an easy job. They've got to stand there for half hour, 45 minutes at, at, at a shot at like attention and open the door. And these, and they usually, in many cases, uh, guys who have been, had combat, you know, they've been in Afghanistan or someplace like that. They have served our country. They kind of earn the post at the white house. Right. And, you know, I would imagine that if any of those guys ever found out, maybe they went inside to use the restroom. They saw a bag of cocaine. I'm just saying, hypothetically, I, I would think that they would want that in, they would be destroyed. You know what I'm saying? It means so much to do, the White House does. I think guys like that would be so incensed. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody like that, or or if somebody in the White House has a background in the military. You know, there's a lot of people in the mm-hmm. White House who were not appointed. They've been there for one term after the other, secretary, stuff like that. You know, they just, right. they, their job is they're in the and some of those people have a background that includes the military, and they're proud of their jobs and where they work. And all I have to do is see somebody like Hunter, you know, stashing a bag of, of powder, you know, in a supply room, and that would incense some people. That's why I think they they have this whistleblower. Somebody squealed on Hunter. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, they weren't cleaning up the supply room and found a bag of, of cocaine. Somebody had to see him stash it back there, and he probably is so arrogant. About it, thinking, ah, no, or the God forbid, if the president did it, he probably lost it and had people go out and search for it. You know, I mean, he's a little confused nowadays. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. how do you know Hunter put it there? Maybe, well, I, maybe if, if because if, Hunter's addiction didn't go away, just like no. that. You know, oh, oh, well, maybe it did because he became a uh, artiste. He he started painting. Mm. You know, those are valuable paints. Oh, paints I know. As a matter of fact, uh, I I understand that. Oh yes. His 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 uh, love child, uh, Navy, her name is. Uh, and they can't, by the not, way, it's not his love child. Well, he'll tell you. Yeah, but you know the DNA says it is. But uh, the court, oh. the you know a favorable court said to uh, uh, the the mother. Well, you know you can say that you're Hunter's. Um, that's Hunter's baby, and the DNA may prove it. But 
we're not going to accept that. And well, we are, we will accept it, but we're going to cut back on your alimony payments, Hunter. So that, and they did, you know, they cut back on his mm-hmm. child support. I mean, which is amazing. The, the guy fathers a child who he doesn't recognize as his child. It's proven scientifically because you know science is everything to the left. It's proven scientifically that that's his child, and yet the court. A sympathetic court kissing butt to the White House said, yeah, we're going to cut back on your monthly payments to child support. Uh, yeah, and here's the deal. You can cut back on the, the money, but you can give some of your valuable paintings, your valuable paintings to your child. Poop. Bill, how much do you think they're worth? I mean, seriously, if, if someone came up to you and said, I have an original Hunter Biden painting. I wouldn't give them jack squat for for no, it. I wouldn't buy it if they gave it to me. I'd say, oh, thank you very much. And that would be in the trash or uh, in the burn pit uh, <laughs> within a day because that's about all it's good for. I- unless you want to launder campaign money. Well, that's uh, it. Painting, oh. painting got me $500,000. Right that's there. right. You, know, you want to get, ch- get Chinese money funneled uh, into your bank account? Well, become a painter and sell yeah. one of your valuable paintings of God knows what, and uh, we'll give you $500,000 like Bill There's said. a lot of people now that I guess are inspired by this, and they're all painters now, and they're not selling anything. <laughs> but I would, I would challenge you to sit there and say, well, who bought the Hunter paintings? Let's go do an impromptu visit to their house and see if it's hanging anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee it's not. Well, it might be in the bathroom. You know, maybe oh, that'll make that'll make you want to go in a hurry yeah. and get the hell out of there. <laughs> exactly. You're spending oh, too much time in the gosh. bathroom. Put a hundred painting in there. Anyway, that'll get them out of there. You know, believe it or not, over the over the weekend, I expected. I really did expect. Uh, it was a quiet weekend, thank God. I mean, there was some uh, shooting in Philadelphia. You heard about that, right? It oh was, yeah. But that shooting in Philadelphia. The reason why they're not covering it big time, and I think I forgot how many people got shot. It was like. Five people were killed and nine people were shot, or or something like that. It was it was a it was a sad amount of uh, victims, but they're not covering it because well, this guy was a BLM supporter and he was a transgender. Oh well, that's and and, and, and that didn't fit the narrative. So that shooting uh, was passed off. It was like, well, that's not. That's not really a shooting. He was a transgender, you know, um, oh, my which reminds God. me of the shooting in, in Las Vegas. Remember we talked about the shooting in Vegas yeah. uh, where a guy walked in and was shooting up. Uh, he had planned on shooting up a building and somebody in the building, like a guard or somebody, had a gun on him and shot him. <laughs> he pulled mm-hmm. a gun and come to find out he was a transgender. They didn't want to talk about that either, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I got to wonder if somewhere down the road, just uh, kind of a, a little quick shift here, is that uh, transgenders are not going to get reparations somewhere down the road. I mean, you see what's going on with uh, what Cory Bush trashes the uh, Declaration of Independence, demands reparations. And I'm sitting there going, you know, I was thinking about the reparations thing. And it's unfortunate that that happened, but there were black people that were slave owners too. But I, I at birth... I had no choice as to what country I was born into, the family I was born into, the race or color of the family that I was born into, yet I'm being held responsible for reparations. Hey, the first person well, in my family to get a college degree was my dad. You know, yeah. everyone else. Well, had, that's another subject that I want to talk about. But but no, you know, I'm talking rep- about the fact that he was an, uh, we were, we were, we were descendants of Irish, poor Irish People who came across during the potato famine with literally a knapsack over their shoulder. I mean, we had mm-hmm. nothing, no education, nothing. That's why they became servants, and later on, some of them became policemen because at the time, you could walk the beat in New York without a high school education. Just yeah. uh, they put the uniform hey, on look, you, and you look at the history. I mean, mine were peasants that uh, crossed the border from Russia to Germany, but. The simple fact is, you know, you're you're holding all this stuff against me and basically doing the same thing that you're accusing, you know, generations ago. It's racism. You want, it, it's racism. So 
I might be a little bit too old at this stage to get my reparations, but you know what? I, I want reparations too because I am being, you know, held down and so are my children. And they deserve the best and the most. Bill, don't hold your so, breath. Really, I'm, I'm not, not going to because that. I'm going to live a long life, and holding my breath that long is not going it's to going work. To shorten it exactly. No, uh, but they still are pushing for it. I mean, in California, there's a big movement in the San Francisco area for reparations, which is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And as a matter of fact, I've heard many uh, a black spokesperson say. This is nonsense. We don't want it. It makes us an exceptional part of our society. That's exact. And, and that's and, it. And we don't want to be in that category. We want to stand on our own two feet. I don't blame them. I don't I blame, don't blame them. them either. I don't at all. One one iota. There was something else I was going to mention, but uh, it slipped past. But I know it'll pop back up in my head here shortly. So we'll just tensions. Move on. Uh, tensions are rising over the. A holiday weekend uh, in the Ukraine and in Russia. Supposedly, yeah. word is that there's going to be an attack on the Zaporizhia nuclear power station. It hasn't happened yet, but apparently the Ukrainians are saying the Russians are planning to do it, and the Russians are saying the Ukrainians are planning to do it. Listen. Kiev is planning to strike the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant overnight on the 5th of July with a missile containing a nuclear dirty bomb warhead. That's according to the head advisor to the general director of Rosenergo Atom. Let's get more details on this and cross live to RT correspondent Steve Sweeney, who's in Donetsk. Uh, Steve, what do we know so far? Well, we've heard the report that uh, Ukrainian forces are allegedly planning to uh, launch a strike against the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant with a Tochka-U missile armed with a dirty bomb, a nuclear, uh, a nuclear armed with nuclear uh, waste. Now, this comes after uh, both Russia and Ukraine have been trading barbs over the past few weeks, with each side accusing the other of launching or about to launch an imminent attack. Then on Tuesday morning, Ukraine uh, cut the main external power line to the nuclear power plant, causing it to rely on backup supplies. Now, this is a power line uh, that ensures uh, nuclear security and nuclear safety, causing the International Atomic Energy Agency chief, Rafael Grossi, uh, to raise concerns over the, uh, the precarious situation at the plants. Now, the plant has been under the control of Russian forces since March. It's Europe's largest, but it has come under frequent attack and frequent shelling from Ukrainian forces, prompting Russia, uh, the Russian ambassador to the United Nations to send a note around the Security Council uh, just last week, calling on the General Secretary, Antonio Guterres, to force Kiev to stop its provocations. Now, in turn, Zelensky, uh, the Ukrainian president, fired back and he accused Russia of planning uh, an explosion at the site and uh, he said that this could be carried out at some distance if the Ukrainian armed forces weren't allowed to get closer uh, to the uh, site. Now, the International Atomic Energy Agency replied by saying, well, actually, there is no evidence to suggest this. Now, let's remember that they have a team permanently based uh, at the nuclear power plant. They report every day and Grossi again replied and he said, I never argue with the president of Ukraine. I could only say that I was there and did not see it. Our teams are reporting there every day. Now, this was a response to Zelensky's claim that uh, Russia had taken in uh, 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 cars with explosives to the nuclear power plant and had also mined the area. So that has been denied by the International Atomic Energy Agency. Now, of course, these are very, very worrying times, and this could lead to the biggest nuclear catastrophe since Chernobyl in 19. 86. Steve, many thanks for that. As you say, a lot of finger pointing over and over threats towards this very sensitive Zaporozhye nuclear plant. For now, thanks. For Amazing. That is uh, Russian television, the English language, Russian TV, RTTV, which is seen mm -hmm. on some of the cable uh, st channels uh, in the U.S. And I, I kind of think that maybe the Russians are not doing this. Uh, it's not to their benefit to do this. I, I see a game of chicken going on here, and usually in a game of chicken, some side is guilty. But, you know, we talked about, you know, the threat, and I, we mentioned that in the front of the show, the, the threat of nuclear war is bigger than ever. Now, what would happen if the plant was 
mine to blow or they send in a dirty missile, which why would you send in a dirty missile? All you got to do is hit one of the reactors and that's it. It's done, you know, conventional and or otherwise. I mean, you saw what Chernobyl did. You saw what happened here in the United States with Three Mile Island. Well, that's you know? what they say. They say this is going to be bigger than Chernobyl. This is, yeah. going to be, this, is, this is not a good thing. And the fact that they're talking about it, uh, you know, Zelensky admitted that he's tight with the CIA. Listen. We cannot imagine Ukraine without Crimea. And while Crimea is under the Russian occupation, it means only one thing. War is not over yet. To be clear, in victory, in peace, is there any scenario where Crimea is not part of Ukraine? It will not be victory then. I know the U.S. CIA chief, Bill Burns, has come and visited you regularly. He was here recently. What did you tell him about your plans to take back territory in the counteroffensive? To be honest with you, I was surprised to see the information in some media, both in the U.S. and Ukrainian and European media. My communication with the CIA chief should always be behind the scenes. And the media attention, because we discuss important things, what Ukraine needs and how Ukraine is prepared to act. We don't have any secrets from CIA because we have good relations and our intelligence services talk with each other. I don't know what were other contacts. I don't really remember which media I read it in. The situation is pretty straightforward. We have good relations with the CIA chief, and we are talking. I told him about all the important things related to the battlefield, which we need. That says to me that if there is an attack on that plan and it's the Ukrainians who do it, the CIA knew well in advance that this was going to happen if they didn't put the plan out there by themselves, you know, if they weren't actually responsible for it, you know? I mean, this this is a, a... we don't have a right to be in that country meddling. And apparently we are doing just that. But haven't we always done that? Hasn't the CIA been involved in so many different things, that, things that we don't know about in our, in our own hmm. political turmoil and that around the world? you got to wonder. Um, well, you know, some, it's, it's like uh, Schumer said. You know, get the CIA, get the uh, intelligence agencies angry at you, and they got seven ways from Sunday to hurt you, to bring you down. He was talking yeah. about Trump at the time. but So who is Schumer really working for? That's and exactly who does the CIA, right. So who does the, the CIA really, you know, work for? I mean, you know, you, you had Hitler and uh, you had his Gestapo. Is, uh, is do we have somebody that's above uh, the presidency of the United States that calls the shots? Well, and, it goes uh, to that, that uh, nefarious uh, deep state that we talk yeah. about, right? Yeah, we talk about it. And you know what? Everybody goes, "Oh, you guys are conspiracy theorists and all of that." <laughs> all right, let's take let's take a bleeding heart liberal that's no longer alive. We don't have audio. We're going to play for this, but uh, George Garland, he was a liberal. But he always talked about the owners of the world that they own you. And everything that's going on in the news today is what he did in, uh, in one of his stand-up routines. He called it the owners of the, the, owners of the world mm-hmm. and, you know, the deep state. And so even he as a liberal could see that and knew that and said, you know, you've got, you know, you're owned. You know, and that's just the way it is. We are being led around by puppets on a string. Uh, they're dividing us in every which way, shape, form they can, which is why the open borders are going on. You see us meddling in wars. That's going on. You see us dividing the people. That's going on. Uh, there was a thing I was going to mention earlier. You know, they're now rattling the cage of uh, young students in um, – you know, uh, paying off your student loans. You know, Biden was going to do it. Well, you know, they, they, you know, it's it's the right's fault, right? And they feel that they are entitled to get their loans paid for free. I, I mean, I had the argument with my son last night. Goes well, you know, Biden's working on a workaround, and, and but my son's actually a conservative. But I said, you know, uh, it's not fair. What about the people that? Went and got their loans and paid off their loans. Well, that's it. I had well, a, I heard a guy say, "How about uh, is he going to pay off? Is he going to pay us back for paying off our loans? 
are we going to be penalized? Let's say somebody pays off their loan today and he gives this dispensation tomorrow. Do the guy, the guy that paid it off today, does he get his money back? Well, now there's a, you know, we talked about reparations and that goes across a lot of races there. Maybe we need student uh, reparations for those of us that had to pay back their loans or those of us who couldn't get a loan and ended up either having to work, work double shifts and jobs to go to school or didn't get the opportunity to go to school and you had to make life work, you know, because that's the only way to do it. You know, don't, do they not deserve a reparation? This is craziness, but mm-hmm. see, what they've done is divided the youth like you know, into a voting machine, you deserve this. And so they, they got, and that, that was the end of the argument last night. Well, I just want my school for free. I don't want to have to pay back that loan. You know, I, I understand it. I understand kids feeling that way. I mean, if I were 20 years old and had that, um, that debt on my shoulders, I probably would feel the same way. I mean, can, some of these people, they, they become doctors and they get out of you know uh, medical school when they're like 25 or 26 and they've got like $150,000 worth of debt. Then you wonder why doctors are so expensive because for the first 15 years of their practice, they're paying this nut back, you know, this $150,000 education they got. And uh, so if so Joe comes along, you know, in his uh, stupor and says, hey, uh, I'm going to pay off all your debts. Well, all of a sudden, everybody's going, hey, all right, Joe. I mean, I'm a conservative, but hey, I don't mind you paying my loan back. Everybody feels that way, you know? Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, it's not fair. It is not fair. It's not fair. fair. But the argument they're presenting is, why can't we have free schools here? They do everywhere else in the world, and their schools are better. That's why Americans are going overseas to go to school. Last time I checked, people were coming here to Mm. go to our schools. You know, so... Again, another lie out there. The simple fact is they're taking an issue to divide. And, oh, they, they say that the fix that they're going to do, mm-hmm. uh, it's, going to, it's going to take uh, a year, maybe a little over a year from now, and they're going to have the fix in so that they get the loans paid for. Oh, what's going to happen? Gonna happen? <laughs> what's going to happen then? Ding, ding. Okay. Because the only way they're going to do it is they're going to use it as a campaign promise, and they're going to use it as the reason, you know, they're going to fix the election. And that, to me, is basically a saying, oh, don't worry, we're going to have the House, we're going to have the Senate, and uh, we will have the presidency. Well, yeah, I guess you will if you're going to do the election like you did the last one. I didn't, um, I don't know if you saw it over the weekend, the president spoke in Pickens, uh, South Carolina, Right. And I'm trying to find the audio, and I can't, but I, I can pretty well summarize it for you. Um, Lindsey Graham went out just before the president came out to introduce mm-hmm. the president. Now, Lindsey Graham is from South Carolina. As a matter of fact, he was born just 15 miles from Pickens. I mean, this is his home territory. So he goes out on the stage in front of, by the way, estimates have it now at 75,000 people in a town that's like 15,000. You can imagine these people came from all over. 75,000 people. They had like 30,000 inside the stadium where they were, and they had another 45,000 people outside who couldn't get in. They had big screens out there. But he goes out on the stage, and he starts, uh, He, Hi, I'm Lindsey Grant. And they started to boo him. And they started to boo him mercilessly. <laughs> they, just, they just nailed the guy. They just wouldn't let up. And he'd continue to he'd try to make a point and he'd try to recover. He'd try to maybe, well, you know, I, we, I, I, we're going to introduce uh, the, the next president. You like him, right? And then applaud for a second. Well, I've been backing him and then start booing him again. It was, it was embarrassing. Yeah. So finally, uh, he literally cut his speech short and sort of crawled off the stage. What would you have done if you were Lindsay? I mean, now, that was a perfect uh, opportunity to uh, write his ways. He had a big audience there, cameras, microphones. Uh, mm-hmm. He knows what he's done, and he knows that he's waffled back and forth oh. because he, you know. I hope he's not and, making plans for a re-election campaign. Well, not after that weekend, no. I mean, he's got, he's got some, and see, that's sad because 
he is so weak and vulnerable, that is a seat that a Democrat can get. Well, you know, he said, have... he said, um, Trump said, well, we got to work on these people, meaning the crowd, to, to bring them back. He said, he's been there when I needed him, which says to me, and I, uh, Trump is using him. You know, Trump and Trump knows he's using him. And I guess Lindsey knows he's being used too. But he he's there when I need him. And uh, uh, but I think he also knows that you won't be seeing Lindsey Graham doing any speeches at any Trump rallies again in any near future event. You know, he's he's out. He's out of the picture. Well, Trump is right that he needs him because he needs that Republican person in that seat. Uh, but I, I see that as a big vulnerability. That that has been a Republican state. If, if we put a Democrat in there, uh, even though it might be a conservative state, it will not be considered that way. And against the will of the people, it will not vote that way. Um, do you remember that group of kids who were thrown out of the Capitol for singing in the Rotunda about yeah. a month ago? I yeah. mean, they, they had permits to be there. They went out there. These are These are kids who were like 15 years old, 14 years old. And, and uh, the choir master, and they were singing the the Star Spangled Banner, and literally halfway through it, the Capitol Police stopped them and said, "You can't sing here. You're, it's it's considered a protest." And the guy said, "We have permits. I mean, it's legit." Kevin McCarthy knows we're supposed to be here, and they said, "I'm sorry, it's a it's a protest. You can't do it." They were just about thrown out of the rotunda. Well, Trump said, "Don't worry. I'm going to have you at." Our next rally, in uh, we'll do it in Pickens. It's going to be a big event on the 4th of July, and I want you there. And they were. Listen. I mean, the crowd loved them. The crowd loved them. And they did like a mini concert. And they didn't just do this song here. But they were out there in front of 75,000 Trump supporters. And they were welcomed and at home. And, uh, you know, you said something before the show started, which is Uh-oh. so true, about how he, his motorcade was driving through oh. a rural area. Yeah, in, uh, in South Carolina. And you see all the, the support vehicles coming along, you know, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden here he comes in that, that uh, you know, the big SUV. Yeah. Stops, the door opens, and he gets out, you know, and, you know, people are happy. And he waves, and then he turns around, and he goes into, you know, a little roadside, I guess, diner. You know, a little, and, you know, that was pretty much the end. But they, they you know, he is a very... Whether you like to admit it or not, for the money he's had and uh, or has, well, I'll say had because this this election when he was president mm-hmm. and post presidency has cost him a lot of money because the Democrats they don't want their swamp drained, so they want to drain his bank account with all kinds of accusations. But he is a man of the people, whether you like to believe it or not, and he is gone. He goes. Uh, I guess his son calls him. Uh, blue-collar billionaire. Yeah, he is. He'll go and wallow in the mud with you because he's just an average guy. But, you know, he was a great guy when he was a Democrat, and the Democrats thought he would be a great candidate. And I guarantee everything that's been thrown out against him, the media would have been poo-pooing if he had been a Democratic president. Yeah. But he realized what was going on, and he's even said that. He saw it, and that's what, you know, made him change. And if you go back and look at his speeches all through his history, um, you know, the things they're accusing him of just aren't true if you really go back no. and look. But and you know, you, you got to wonder, 
I, at least I wonder, when a guy's worth $10 billion, which is all the money you'll ever need for multiple lifetimes, I mean, you can't spend $10 billion. I mean, you could spend like a drunken sailor, as they, as they say, uh, all day long, forever, and you'll still not, you won't spend $10 billion because while you're spending, it's generating interest and other revenue, and you just can't keep up. I mean, so he, he's in great, a great situation financially, but you got to wonder why he's putting himself through all of this again. Why does a guy, he's 70, what, six years old, 77 years old? He's, he's not a kid. Trump is not a kid himself, but he's very vital. He's very out there. He could be on the golf course every day with his friends. He could be going to parties, traveling the world to his different resorts to check out Scotland and the different golf courses he owns around the world. But he's not doing that. The guy is knee deep in, in turmoil in our country. And you got to wonder why is it? And it can't be just for ego. Because he doesn't no. need it. He doesn't, he's already been president. He's a billionaire. People, they fall at his feet. He doesn't need it to stoke his ego. So no, why is he no, doing I, it? I don't know. But I would argue about the money thing. You know, $10 billion is more than you and I could even fathom having in, in a lifetime. But, you know, it became apparent to me with my little conversation with my son, you know, last night when we were talking about the student debt thing. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I said, finally, I said, where do you think this money is going to come from? Who do you think is going to pay for it? Well, you know, we'll just raise the prices on things and people will make more money. They'll have to give them a raise and all that. And I said, so the cycle continues and keeps spiraling upward and upward and upward. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there going, you know, you can't sit there and expect, well, I'm only, I only have to do this job and I only have to do it so well but they're going to keep raising. No, no, no. It doesn't oh, no, work no, that no, way. No no, 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 no. You've either got to invent something that is either very well, much needed and you're going to make your wealth that way, or you're going to have to do like my parents and their parents before them that you're going to have to double down and See, work the, twice as hard. The thing about Trump, though, is is he's he's not broke. I mean, I, I may say broke. His His money generation system is still working for him. He is still making interest on investments. He's still getting revenue from his different real estate properties, Trump Towers, and I mean, and that's his business still. He, so he's still mm-hmm. getting tens of thousands of dollars every day from his uh, his businesses. So the guy, if he's spending, let's say he spent so far ten million dollars in legal fees, you know, mm-hmm. maybe fifteen well, million dollars. That 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 is not a lot for a guy who's worth ten billion dollars. He'll make it back in a month, maybe less than that. But the swamp is trying to drain his pocketbook, attack him in every way that they can financially, and you know, uh, with his reputation, they're falling. They're filing charges after charge after charge. If you've ever noticed, though, why hasn't he gone down yet? Because these charges don't hold water, but. You know, you have Democratic appointees that are, you know, carrying this forward. Um, and, you, you know, know he's just, and when he has a victory, you don't hear about it. When Trump has a victory, when something happens that favors him and his, and his movement, the MAGA movement, they just, they may say it in a, a short story somewhere buried on the 15th page of some newspaper, but you won't see it in the headlines. But when it's negative towards Trump, you know, they'll have cameras all over the place. I mean, when he came to New York for that indictment, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they you, you would have thought that a plane crashed in midtown Manhattan. Uh, they had cameras everywhere. Um, but anyway, another thing I wanted to point out, you know, talking about, we were talking earlier about wokeness and things like that. I don't know whether you heard this or not, but the uh, ARDA group, A-R-D-A-G-H group, a renowned glass bottling company is experiencing severe repercussions in the wake of a botched promotion by beer brand Bud Light featuring oh. transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Two of the company's major plants located in North Carolina and Louisiana are set for closure, a move that will result in the loss of approximately 645 jobs. 
So, I mean, the, this this is... Hey, thank you, Dylan. You did a great job. Yeah, this bud's for you, but not uh, so much anymore. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a sad thing that so many good employees are going to suffer because of this bonehead uh, move by Bud, Budweiser. And, you know, to this day, they haven't come out and asked for forgiveness they have uh, implied asking for forgiveness. They've shown more patriotic, more patriotic uh, flag waving Fourth of July commercials to make it look like they've been on our side all along. And somebody said, and it's so true. I'm I'm up to here with commercials that show flag wavers. You know. Uh, oh yeah. Do I, do I have the audio here? I, I you might. I I don't think I do. I'll tell you what I do have on a slightly different subject. You know, Jim, Jim Caviezel, his mm-hmm. movie came out yesterday, and yeah. it's called The Sound of Freedom. And the pre-ticket sales were over a million dollars, which is astronomical for uh, any movie. And uh, it, it, it literally opened much bigger than the new Indiana Jones. The Indiana Jones cost... And I, when I saw this figure, I, I just, I cringed. The new Indiana Jones movie cost north of $400 million to produce. For advertising, marketing, and production, $400 plus million to produce. One of the most expensive movies ever made, and it is tanking. It is tanking. In, in, the, in the meanwhile, this movie, The Sound of Freedom with Caviezel, which is a true story about uh, uh, human child trafficking and a guy's efforts to stop it and to rescue these kids, it's, a, it's supposed to be a magnificent film, uh, is doing blockbuster, big box office. And Hollywood mm-hmm. is going, day. Uh, well, oh, don't day. worry. Uh, They'll find a way to cook their numbers and show that the... Caviezel had something to say. Listen, this is Caviezel talking about uh, Hollywood and uh, their attitude towards this kind of movie. Listen. The point is, is uh, July 4th, 4th of July, can we give those children back their freedom on our Independence Day? We have a darkness around us right now. We could lose our republic. Are we going to let our children go? And that's a question. And people have to answer. And I think they're, they're, they're onto this. And... Um, the way things are going to be done now, I, uh, it's going to be changed from this point on. There's going to be a new direction in this co- country. Yeah, people aren't buying the media like they used to, because they, they, you know, the inst- the stuff that happened on Butter um, Hunter Biden laptop. Mm-hmm. Okay, two years you told it's not true. Okay, I believe you. You're the media, you know. But then it's true. And then uh, for seven years we learned that. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is a Russian spy. Well, that's wrong. Thank you, media, for telling us that. But then now Durham report drops. He's not a Russian spy. Okay, that that's 80% in the last seven years that you told us is all false. So the public is going, no, you don't have the power you used to. And it's the same thing with me as an actor. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of movie stars, Joseph Goebbels back in the day, you know, people put their hand up to the swastika in order to work. I got to work. I love the sound of music. You know why? Because the Von Trapp father had those children. Mm-hmm. He's looking at his friends, and they're all willing to take a break today at McDonald's at the, on the Third Reich camp. What does it matter if it's going to happen? It's as long as it happened to you. And he goes off on that. His friend Max, sometimes I don't even know you. And he's looking at his kids, and he realizes... What is all of this power worth anyway if I go and work for Satan? And he packs up and takes his family and leaves. And extraordinary thing of faith. We need more people like this. And we, we met a lot of them today. Oh, oh yeah, awesome. You know, what I, I thought he was going to say, and he doesn't have it in this clip. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. sorry about that. But he, I guess, had some connection with Disney for financing of this picture. I mean, he had to raise it. The studios is called Angel Studios. An independent studio, I think, that was made for this movie. Uh, but he had some contact with Disney. Now, Disney is supposed to be family-friendly, wholesome motion pictures, right? I mean, which we're all led to believe that uh, it's a land of uh, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and mm-hmm. you know Scrooge and Pluto and 
and oh, it's all happiness, you know, Bambi, things like that. Well, they said, uh, yeah, we, we like the script and we love to, yeah, but uh, you got you to gotta take the word God out of your script. And Caviezel said, what? Yeah, yeah, you, you say God too much. He said, well, I'm not going to take it out. It isn't going to happen. He said, and he stood firm, and finally they caved, he said. Now, I don't mean, I don't know whether they invested in his film, or, but they went on to another, another, another subject. You know, we both have a mutual friend in, in Disney, not over the movie stuff, but I'd love to sit down and mm-hmm. uh, have a beer with him just to reminisce old times and kind of get his feelings on what he really thinks and feels, but I, we wouldn't be able we to We wouldn't want to mention that. his name. Yeah, no, uh, we're not going no. to in respect. Uh, you know, this was, in case you didn't know, now I remember when we celebrated uh, the 200th Independence mm-hmm. uh, Day. Uh, this was the 247th Independence Day. Now, I have often wondered, are we going to make it to the 300th? Will we make it to the 250th, which is three years away? Think about that. You know, it, we will be the 250th Independence Day. will come up in three years. God, Bill. Are we still going to be the democracy? That Are we the land of the free? Will we be what we were intended to be and what we're supposed to be? Or is it going to change in a year's time? Trump has said that we're this on the verge it. of World War Three, World War Three, And he yes, has said it seriously, like we're not talking way down the road. This could be a lot closer than you think. And you know, we may not even be here in three years if we don't get our act together. No, we may not. Um, look, you know, there's been rumors that the China and... Uh, Russia are falling apart because China said they warned Russia about the the use of nuclear weapons, but yet they are so in sync on everything. Uh, You know, news that just developed while this show was going on is China unexpectedly cancels uh, the top EU diplomats uh, for a Beijing uh, visit. You know, Uh when... Oh, you didn't know that? No, that says to me, I didn't see that story, but that says to me they're getting ready to make a move on Taiwan. Yes! And that just happened. This this story was it started. It, it came down my my wire here when we started the show. I should have mm-hmm. mentioned it, but it was it came out two hours ago. Then so it's been out now for three hours. Wow! And uh, now it's no big headlines out there, but it should be no. But what's the big headline is scientists discover secret planet hiding in our solar system. Hey, okay, listen, that's I just, interesting. I saw a big story over the weekend. Scientists say that we've caused a wobble on our Earth access because of our use of water. Now, tell me that is not, And then they go into the story and say, well, it's an, an infinitesimal figure. It's a mite. You can hardly see the figure. I don't know. They're, they're trying to scare the living bejeebies out of everybody. We're wobbling our planet. When in reality, friends, that's nonsense, and there's probably absolutely no way that they can gauge that accurately. You know? That's true. Well, you mentioned about a jet before the show that it has an engine that's basically hydrogen. Right. So it uses water, you know, and, you know, H2O, the hydrogen, extracted out, and the byproduct of the, the, the exhaust of that is water. It converts back. So you've got an, you know, you've got an infinite supply. But, yeah, we're working on the electric battery thing, and I'll tell you two things. Number one, um, there is a critical minerals division of foreign affairs. I know this because my daughter works there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and they're trying to supply things. And I, so I asked the question to her. I said, so, you know, we're going electric. What's going on? Well, you know, other countries are ahead of us. But, you know, this country's goals, you know, that we have, mm-hmm. we're not going to meet them. We're not going to meet them. Meet them now. Norway, there's a big deposit found. You know, oh, it's enough stuff to, to supply us in uh, electrical cars for the next 100 years. Well, that, that sounds like the gas engine to me, or that sounds like coal. So, in other words, we we need to work on renewable things, and keep what we got, and put our put our faith and future mm-hmm. in something that's renewable, 
and screw the minerals. We could talk forever long. about this, my friend, yeah, but we we've gone go. way over. Uh, if you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Love to hear from you. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com. You got a you got a Hyundai or even a dollar bill? Uh-huh. We got to roll it up into a straw. Oh, you're, no, 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 no. You're a bad influence. Go sit <laughs> in the corner. You'd be good. Well, I was just taking after Joe and Hunter. Goodbye, everybody. This is a little tribute song to Hunter, you know? Hasta la vista, baby. I'm out of here. Take your straw with you. It's not mine, man. I found it in a locker in the White House. <laughs> The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>